0: Welcome to the Ben Armstrong Show, folks. Do 50% of vaccinated people produce spike protein forever? Did you hear what I said? Do 50% of vaccinated people, at least with the Moderna and Pfizer shot, produce spike protein forever and ever and ever? Folks, I've been asking this question for a very long time, really since the very beginning. When does the spike protein stop? And I can never get an answer. And I've told you now for years. If I ever get the answer, I'll let you know. Well, I don't have a definitive answer here, but at least there's something. At least somebody's covered it a little bit. Uh, I've wanted the answer to this for so long. But we do have some evidence that it will go on forever and ever and ever. In maybe 50% of the people that have been vaccinated, I think, It might be less than 50% because I don't know how many placebos, remember, let alone not just placebos, I don't know how many people got full, full strength vaccines. They gave out different doses. There's absolutely no doubt it's completely illegal, but they gave out batches. Some were way stronger than others, and... There was a whole website dedicated to how bad is my batch, and they know that certain batches killed way more people than other batches. Which also made me think, you know, if they're supplying NFL doctors or if they're supplying places near Hollywood, they're probably going to give you the super weak stuff. But if they're supplying... And and this has been proven, too. There was evidence of this. a, A red state, they'll give... The harder stuff, which they did give harder uh, vaccines, more potent vaccines for this MRNA m- crap, spike protein producing lipid nanoparticle, evil uh, bioweapon. They red states had it worse than blue states. Yet, you know, the blue states took it more than the red states. So. That was always fascinating that we could track that and see. Anyways, the point is, okay, many of you got vaccinated not because you wanted to, but because you felt like you had no choice in order to keep your job. And you want to know, am I going to be in the clear at some point? And I've never been able to tell you yes or no. Well, Dr. William Macus. He had an article on this whole situation where he looked at several different studies, and I'm just going to give you the highlight of his article, uh, the headline, and then the highlight of the it's just going to name the studies that he looked at. And then I'll discuss because it's nothing is going to be fully definitive,
1: of course, but take a listen mRNA Injury Series, Spike Protein in the Blood of the COVID-19 Vaccinated, New Study. Do 50% of Pfizer and Moderna vaxxed produce spike protein forever? I review 5 studies on spike protein in blood. By Dr. William Marcus M.D. Several recent studies deal with spike protein in the blood and I will briefly review the following. September 2, 2022, Zoe Swanketol. Spike in blood of long COVID patients at 12 Mo. September 12, 2022, Cosentino et al. Does Vax spike get into blood and cause injury? January 4, 2023, Juncker et al. Vax W. myocarditis had full spike in blood. January 17, 2023, Castroita, et al. Vax mRNA detected in blood of 10% at 28 days. August 15th, 2023, Brogner et al. Spike detected in blood of 50% vaxxed at six months.
0: You can see that last one, spike detected in blood of 50% vaxxed six months later. And the very uh, first one said spike in the blood of long COVID patients at 12 months. They say long COVID. Remember, long COVID is, I guarantee you, vaccinated people. And they and they use that as a cover. Uh, you 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 have long COVID. Now uh, you have vaccine injury. That's what you have. Anyways, the 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 thing here is is okay. All the studies that I have seen would only go up to studying six months, and the spike protein would be there at the six month mark. People were still producing spike protein. At six months later. And I saw uh, it was a whole different art, uh, study because this one that says 50% of the vaxxed six months later were spike protein was August 15th of 2023. So that's just reason. Uh, uh, the very first year that it came out, there was a study that followed for six months and people were still producing the spike protein six months later. But the study ended. And I said, so we don't know how long. We don't, nobody studied to see if it goes two years. Where are the studies? It's two years later and people are still producing. Sp- I have yet to see a study that even addresses that. And that's got to be on purpose. It must be, this is why I'm assuming, it must be something like 50% of the people are producing the spike protein forever and ever and ever. And that's and they know it. And that's why you're not really seeing studies. That's why I can't get a definitive answer. But the fact that I can't, and the fact that it seems like there's a, a cover-up on it, means the odds are, it is true that 50%, when you combine with one of the shows I just recently did, having to do with modified mRNA, or RNA, And messenger RNA and how the Pfizer documents seem to indicate they lied and said that you were going to have messenger RNA, but you really got modified RNA. Now, don't get confused. Don't drift. Listen to me. This is easy to understand. It just sounds like it might not be. Messenger RNA is more of what would be natural. Your body naturally does do messenger RNA. And then they're sending into your body messenger RNA like your body already is used to. Uh, receiving messenger RNA and telling it, this is what they said, and telling it to produce this spike protein. But that because it's messenger RNA, messenger RNA after two or three days, it stops. But if it's modified RNA, they actually are manipulating your genes. And we always said this was gene therapy. And you know, those little building blocks that they show. Uh, what the guy was explaining how, think of a Lego block changing out a Lego block in that strand and completely changing it, that's modified. That's And it's unnatural. And then if your cell has been modified RNA, then it could produce the spike protein indefinitely. We don't know forever and ever. So we just have a show where I did about how Pfizer may have lied about it being messenger RNA when it really is as we worried about, modified RNA, and they're changing your genes with this gene therapy. And now we have this article that 50% possibly are producing the spike protein forever. That would have to be modified RNA. See, there's evidence besides their own documents that lean towards that. There's evidence by these people still producing. If it was messenger RNA, it should be impossible even for six months, it should be impossible for you to be producing spike protein unless they lied, which we know they did. And they're using modified RNA, and it appears they did use modified and just just flat out lied to you because they know nobody would take that. Imagine, even if they threaten your job, imagine if they told the truth and told you, well, this isn't really a vaccine. What we're really doing is we're taking toxic lipid nanoparticles because your body would reject what we're doing and would kill it immediately. But we're going to take lipid nanoparticles and trick your body, wrap these things up in the lipid nanoparticles so that your body gets tricked into thinking it's food. Then it's going to, when it eats, when that cell grabs onto that lipid nanoparticle, it's going to be a Trojan horse and it's going to change your genes and modify it, change your blockout. To something that is unnatural, that your body has never been designed to do, and tell it to create a spike protein forever and ever and ever, and we have manipulated your genes, and you will always be creating this spike protein in these cells that that take up this lipid nanoparticle. Then the lipid nanoparticles, which we already know, and they did know this, are toxic to your body, and putting billions of them into your body can gather and cross the blood-brain barrier but can gather in organs and stuff and cause inflammation or myocarditis. Or the spike protein can also gather and cause myocarditis because your immune system will attack. These are possible things that could happen with our experimental gene therapy shot. Now, who would like to sign up for that or take their chances with COVID, which is a cold You might get sick and get a cold, or you can sign up and take our gene therapy shot. Now, if they reported the truth, like I just did about what the shot was going to do to you, not a single person would take it. Now, what I just said is 100% true, 100% proven. They have done this. They just lied to you and said it's a vaccine. A, it's not a vaccine. That's a lie right off the bat. B, you can't inject yourself in your blood to cure yourself from an airborne virus. Science has never been able to do that. So they're lying when they say we can inject you and cure you. This is why the flu shot is a scam too. And C, everything about it has been a secret and we still don't know the ingredients that are in the shot. Still to this day, we don't know. Everything that is in the, the shot and they keep it secret and say well uh, we have to because other people could steal uh, what we're creating i don't know it it's unbelievable that it's still a secret but here's the other thing the ingredients are made by china which they don't tell you that either the company fosun f u s o n look it up is one producing all these massive ingredients Apparently, a billion shots they were able to produce the ingredients for a billion shots. But remember that China did not use these shots. So if they're producing enough for a billion shots and yet their own country wasn't using it, then Fosin was producing the ingredients and they were working with Pfizer. They were producing the ingredients for Pfizer, Pfizer. Pfizer gets the ingredients, eventually ships them to a plant in the United States. They create the vaccine or gene therapy shot in the United States. But the ingredients have come from China, which we don't know what those ingredients are. In fact, I think the people mixing it down in the United States, they don't know what they're mixing down. They're just taking what what has been given to them. Then they say it's made in America because they mixed it all together Put it into the vial and they have to keep it cold because if they don't, it goes bad. But they mix it down and then keep it cold in America. They say, see, it was made in America. No, but your ingredients all came from China, most likely from the company Fosun. They don't want you to know any of this. These are facts. Anyone? Well, I don't know if anyone can look them up anymore. It's probably blocked. It's probably sent or they'll have fake fact checkers lying. (laughs) Saying it's not true or something, but I don't think there's enough people that have looked up the company Fosun and their connections to Pfizer, and 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 the ingredients of I bet hardly anyone has even looked that up. So you might still be able to find that information if they have not removed it from the internet. So let me give you an interview of Dr. Uh, Macus who wrote that article that was intriguing about is it staying in your body and making you are you producing the spike protein 50% of you who got the vaccine forever and ever and ever well then he had an interview and well i just want to play it for you because he says some good stuff here and 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 I i want to comment on it
2: now when you have an aneurysm that bursts in the brain there is a risk of sudden death right there and and a lot of these young people vaccinated people they're coming down with sudden deaths, but they're not always cardiac deaths. Uh, sometimes we, we we see these reports and they are brain bleeds or they are ruptured aneurysms. And the danger of those is that a significant percentage of those are fatal. It, it's something like a, a quarter or a third of those can be immediately fatal. Uh, you have to get them immediate medical attention. You have to get them to the hospital. Usually they have to do an operation right away to try to stop the bleed. So the goal is to educate that these incidents are happening and they're not rare. They're not rare, they're becoming much more common. And we're seeing now from the disability data from the United Kingdom government um, is showing that things like this, things like um, brain bleeds, uh, aneurysms, these things are up 100%, 150%, 200% in 2022 compared to a baseline. Uh, That's usually calculated 2016 to 2019. There's been a significant spike last year in a lot of these vaccine-associated injuries. Um, And like you said, you know, some people think that well, COVID's over, uh, or that you know, why are we still bothering with um, with with COVID injuries? You know, there's a there's a big population that hasn't been affected by vaccine injuries, so they'll say, well, I've had two shots, three shots nothing's happened to me. It must not be happening.
0: Yeah. That is one of my frustrations. That point, the people that have gotten two or three shots and they say nothing has happened to them. So they run around recommending it, knowing all these other stories, hearing that there's so many people. And they say, well, because it, because I survived, then I run around and I say that it's who cares about those victims? Hey, you're calling those victims liars is what you're really doing. Because if you're saying it's, it's fine, it's fine and you're telling other people it's fine because you're fine, then you're saying all those people that have been affected are all a bunch of liars. They're all recording themselves on social media, letting you know what happened to them due to the vaccine and you're saying, eh, yeah, yeah, you're all a bunch of liars because I got it and nothing has happened to me. Secondly, you're wrong when you say nothing has happened to you. You don't know if something has happened to you. In fact, we believe that and I think so, from the evidence, even more people are going to start dying of aneurysms and heart attacks because myocarditis can take like five years before people start to really have a heart attack or something like that. So you actually might see an increase yet again this year in that kind of stuff. And that's the people who think they're totally fine. Meaning you can say, I've got three shots and nothing has happened to me. And two weeks later, You could have an aneurysm blow up in your brain, boom, and you're dead two weeks later. Now, you didn't get the shot. I mean, last time you got a shot was a year and a half ago. They'll never associate it with the shot, but it was the shot because you might be 35 years old and the odds of you having some sort of aneurysm happen to you is so remotely low. That's the other thing. Like the athletes dropping was so remotely low, the odds of that happening Now the odds are way up. We know for sure the vaccine is the cause because the statistics prove it. It's undeniable. So I don't like when people who say, I'm fine, and then you run around trying to get other people to do it. By saying you're fine, you're encouraging other people to do it. You should say, thank God I'm fine. Hopefully I'm fine. I want to remain fine, but I would tell other people, please don't get it because I've heard horror stories. That's what you should be doing. I mean, it's kind of like a heroin addict. I've been doing heroin for five years, and I, and they keep saying that you're going to die or accidentally overdose. I'm fine. Five years, and I'm fine. And then you find out six months later that heroin addict overdoses and dies. So, yeah, say the vaccine's fine. Keep getting it. Get it six, seven, get it every year and see if you're going to be fine. Because I guarantee you, if you get the vaccine annually every year, you will not be fine. And you will not live 10 years. I would almost guarantee it. If you got the vaccine. Every single time. I would think the max you could go is like 10 shots before. There's no way it wouldn't kill you at some point. Because we know it damages your immune system. It gives you a version of vaccine induced AIDS. We know this. They know it. They call it autoimmune deficiency. Folks. We're not making this stuff up. Let me give you just a quick glimpse of a victim. What, you think this guy's lying because you're fine? Because you got the shot, so this guy's a liar? Take a listen.
2: I'm a pilot. You're a pilot. Tim was just 59 when he had his strokes. It's changed everything for, for us,
3: for our family. So he had strokes on both the left and the right side of his brain. The doctor came in with results of some tests. And they were trying to figure out why this happened. And he said, they, don't, they didn't know. And, and I asked him, could this be from the vaccine? And he said, oh, absolutely not. And I walked out. And the nurse turned to me and said, hey, you'll never get anyone in this hospital for political reasons to admit that the vaccine has anything to do any with it.
0: There's a lot more, and I was going to play you the whole thing, but I, I don't have time. Uh, do you think he's a liar? You think he's not really a victim? Of course he is. So if you're fine, you should have compassion on those who are not fine. And hopefully you stay fine. I do believe there will be some people that will stay fine. And I do believe there was placebos. And some people didn't even get the vaccine. They just think they did. Thank goodness. That's a good thing if that happened to you. Let me squeeze in Alex Newman. Because Alex Newman was talking about, you know, all this evil that we're facing. And he was on the reawakening tour in las vegas nevada he's the senior editor at at the new american just so you know and he's fantastic but he was talking about how we can defeat this evil enemy and i was planning on giving you a lot more than what i'm going to be able to because i'm running out of time but let me give you what i can take a listen
3: and our nation is at war Forces from the pit of hell are working to destroy our country, our families, our churches, our freedoms, our constitution, even humanity itself. And at this point, they're saying so pretty openly, but we have everything we need to deal with this crisis. As the Bible says in James chapter four, verse seven, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So this diabolical great reset from hell, I've been exposing this since they announced it and even long before that. Uh, They've been attacking us on every front, but if you really want to understand the essence of it Just take everything the bible teaches turn it exactly upside down and you'll see where they're going to come down on every issue every time God ordained nations, they want to end and blend nations. God ordained family, they want to pervert and destroy the family. God ordained private property when he said thou shalt not steal. They want to destroy private property. God said be fruitful and multiply. They want to kill babies. They want to reduce the number of people on this planet. They are wicked in every sense and they are at war with the God of the heavens and the earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible. And this is not new. If you go back 3,000 years, in Psalm 2, David wrote that the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. And you can imagine God's probably just sitting in heaven terrified of these guys, right? No, of course not. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, is what we read in verse 4. The Lord ridicules them.
0: That's right, and I wanted to give you more because he, he it's fantastic. There'll be a link so you can hear his whole speech. It's awesome. The God is in full control, and how we defeat them is we become a society that turns back to God. But you as the individual has to make sure first you turn your life around, get your sin out of your life so God can bless you. He's not going to bless you. You're not going to run around doing all these sinful, evil actions and then say, why is God not answering my prayers? Of course, you should know why. You're not right with God. Get right with God. Start with yourself, then society, then we can win. But I'm not sure that will happen. So get right with God personally, because God is in control. And I think he's going to save his church and pull us out from the destruction. And I think we're close. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. I love you guys. See ya!
1: Hey, old peeps, like and subscribe to my Father's channel. Bye!
4: You know that weird feeling when you've been assigned to vaccinate the population of an entire country, but there are some people who just will not get down with the program. People who, no matter what you say, what you do, or what incentive you put out there, just refuse to take the vaccine. Here in America, this represents somewhere between 19 to about 30% of the population, depending on how you do the numbers. And so, wouldn't it be nice if there was some way that the government could disseminate the vaccine quietly in a way that people wouldn't even realize that they were getting vaccinated? That way, you can achieve your goal with minimal resistance. Well, if that's what you were thinking, you're in luck, because scientists over at Yale University have just taken a giant step towards making such a thing reality. This paper right here that you can see up on your screen was published just two weeks ago by researchers over at Yale University. The paper is titled Polymer Nanoparticles Deliver mRNA to the Lung for Mucosal Vaccination. And what these researchers over at Yale were able to achieve is to develop a new airborne method of delivery for mRNA vaccines. Here is specifically what they wrote in their summary. Quote, An inhalable platform for mRNA therapeutics would enable minimally invasive and lung-targeted delivery for a host of pulmonary diseases. Here, we report an inhalable polymer-based vehicle for delivery of therapeutic mRNAs to the lung. We optimized biodegradable nanoparticles for mRNA delivery. These nanoparticles achieved high transfection of mRNA throughout the lung particularly in epithelial and antigen-presenting cells. We applied this technology to develop a mucosal vaccine for severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 and found that intranasal vaccination with spike protein-encoding mRNA nanoparticles induced potent cellular and humoral adaptive immunity and protected susceptible mice from lethal viral challenge. Meaning in plain English that their experiment proved successful. They were able to vaccinate these mice using two doses administered through the nose of a vaccine which contain nanoparticles carrying the mRNA COVID vaccine. These mice were vaccinated without a single injection. And according to the researchers, this experiment showed that this new method of delivery was quote-unquote safe and effective, and they are now planning to test it in humans. Now, if you've been following the development of these aerosol-based vaccines, then you know that this Yale University study represents a significant leap forward in their development. In fact, the Yale School of Engineering and Applied Science. They put out a bulletin on this matter, wherein they summarized the significance of this particular experiment in the following way, quote, it's a significant advance since scientists have had trouble creating lung-targeted mRNA therapies. Typically, these therapies have had poor transfection efficiency. That is, only a small fraction of administered nucleic acids make it into cells that lead to expression of the encoded protein. Also in the past, the nanoparticles that deliver the mRNA have caused inflammation and other problems the Saltzman Group got around this hurdle in part by using a nanoparticle made from polyamony coester polyplexes, or PACE, a bi and highly customizable polymer. Now, in the statement of theirs, they mentioned the Saltzman Group, named after one of the lead researchers in this Yale study, Dr. Mark Saltzman. And here was how he explained the findings as well as their significance in a separate statement. Quote, in the new report, there is no intramuscular injection. We just gave two doses, a prime and a boost, intranasally, and we got highly protective immune response. But we also found that, generally, you can deliver different kinds of mRNA. So it's not just good for a vaccine, but potentially also good for gene replacement therapy in diseases like cystic fibrosis and gene editing. We used the vaccine example to show that it works, but it opens the door to doing all these other kinds of interventions. Professor Saltzman then added that, quote, this new method of delivery could radically change the way people are vaccinated adding that it could make it easier to vaccinate people in remote areas or those who are afraid of needles. And indeed, if this technology were to develop further, well, you can just imagine the compliance factor. Because you might get a lot of people taking the vaccine if you make it a prerequisite for them to keep their jobs. But you will get 100% total compliance across the board if the vaccine is delivered through the air, since at the end of the day, every single person needs to breathe. Now, already I can hear the quote-unquote fact-checkers dutifully typing away their critique of this episode by saying that the government has absolutely no plans to vaccinate the population through the air. That is just a conspiracy theory. And technically, they are correct. There are currently no plans in the books to somehow secretly vaccinate Americans through the use of aerosol mRNA-based vaccines. However, there are two very important things worth mentioning. The first is that there has long been a strain of thought among so-called biotechnologists that it's the moral thing to do to enhance people's biology in a covert way, since they might not agree to it. As an example of that train of thought, here's a paper that was published in 2019 titled, Compulsory Moral Bioenhancement Should Be Covert. And here was the summary from that paper. Quote, Some theorists argue that moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory. I take this argument one step further arguing that if moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory, then its administration ought to be covert rather than overt. That is to say that it is morally preferable for compulsory moral bioenhancement to be administered without the recipients knowing that they are receiving the enhancement. My argument for this is that if moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory, then its administration is a matter of public health, and for this reason should be governed by public health ethics. I argue that the covert administration of a compulsory moral bioenhancement program better conforms to public health ethics than does an overt compulsory program. In particular, a covert compulsory program promotes values such as liberty, utility, equality, and autonomy better than an overt program does. Now, I personally have a significantly different understanding of the word liberty than this author, but setting that aside, this demonstrates that there's already a strain of academic thought moving in this general direction. That's the first point. The second point is that this wouldn't even be the first time that the U.S. federal government secretly administered biological agents through the air. For instance, back in the 1950s, in order to run a simulation of a biological attack, the U.S. Navy conducted something known as Operation Sea Spray. This was when they used airplanes to fly over the city of San Francisco and spray the population with large quantities of a bacteria, a bacteria known as serratia marcosines. Now, at the time that the experiment was conducted, that particular bacteria was, according to mainstream science, considered harmless. But it actually wasn't. And as a result of their experiments, many people in San Francisco contracted pneumonia-like illness, with at least one person dying as a result. And just as a fun fact, the family of the person who died wound up suing the federal government for gross negligence, but that family actually lost the lawsuit because the federal judge ruled against them. And Operation Sea Spray was not alone. It was one of several dozen different programs wherein the U.S. government secretly administered some form of biologic material onto its citizens, including the Tuskegee experiments, Operation Big Itch, Operation Dropkick, Operation Mayday, Operation Green Run, Operation Top Hat, the Holmesburg program, and so on and so forth. There are many, many, many examples of these different experiments. As unfortunate as it is to say, the U.S. federal government has somewhat of a history of using covert methods to test what they believe is ultimately for the betterment of society. And so, with that in mind, you take another look at the situation that we're currently finding ourselves in. You have a huge swath of the federal government, including the federal health agencies, who would do anything to vaccinate the population, going so far as to over the past three years literally make people unemployable if they fail to comply. Then, you then have these experiments over at Yale University, which are developing a new breed of mRNA vaccines which can be administered through the air. You then have a strain of thought, of academic thought, being developed among so-called intellectuals, arguing that the administration of these types of quote-unquote moral bio-enhancements should be done covertly in order to make them more equitable. And then, of course, you combine all that with the history that the US government already has of using these covert operations. And then it's really not a stretch to imagine that if these aerosol vaccines do develop to the point of being viable at a large enough scale, they could theoretically be deployed without the American citizens being told about them. They would just be deployed for our own good. Now, of course, that is just speculation. There have thus far not been any politicians who have come out and said anything along this line publicly. Although I will also mention that many of those US government experiments that we listed off earlier well, they weren't announced to the public beforehand either. And in fact, the only reason we know about many of them is because the government was quite literally forced to release the documents when people sued for them. Regardless, if you'd like to read more about these aerosol-based vaccine experiments happening over at Yale University, I'll throw my research notes down into the description box below this video for you to peruse at your own leisure. And then, until next time, I'm your host, Roman, from The Epic Times. Stay informed. Most importantly, stay free.